Welcome back to the Resurrection Church Podcast. I'm joined today by my good friend, Jacob Hatfield from Grace Bible Church in Monticello, Minnesota. Jacob, thanks for joining me on the Church Podcast. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Good to be with you. Now, you might be able to hear some noises over the recording, like dishes and conversation, because you and I are eating lunch at a place that neither of us have ever been to. Right. Very fancy. Where are we? I don't even know the name. <laughs> it's called Yum Kitchen Yum. and Bakery. Okay. And we are, we are in Minnetonka, Minnesota. I believe so. Okay. I just followed the Google here. I have no idea yeah. where we are. Yeah. Well, um, Jacob, I wanted to interview you uh, because it would give us an opportunity to hang out, though a different reason came up that brought us together, Yes, which is you are kindly donating, and by you I mean the entirety of Grace um, is donating a paper folder. Right. Bifold and trifold. Bi and tri. And and we actually print documents that we fold in half and that we trifold, and we always do it by hand. This will save you so much time. Yeah, it really will. So yep. a big awesome. thank you from the whole Resurrection family, but especially yes. from my co-worker in the gospel, Josh, <laughs> who folds most of the bulletins. Oh, I'm so glad you can use it. So, so glad. Well, at our church, we try to, on Sunday mornings, pray for another church that yep. we have some level of connection to. Sure. And your, you and your church, and when I say your church, I know that it's ultimately Christ's church, but the church mm-hmm. that you have stewardship over yes. is you shepherd the flock. Yep. So I'll refer to it as your church. Got it. Um, but we pray for you and Grace Bible Church. Thank you. And so I thought it might be helpful for people at Resurrection to know a little bit about your church. Yeah. So that way it's not just a name that they hear um, during a pastoral prayer, but somebody in some place that they've heard a bit more about. Yeah. Um, I think unlike churches that are closer to us, like Eden, there are just not as many opportunities for us to connect as congregations sure. or pastoral leadership. Yep. So maybe you can just really briefly tell us about yourself and your family and yep. what led you to plant Grace Bible Church. Yeah, awesome. So uh, I'm married. My wife Tiffany and I have four boys. Um, the oldest will be 16 this summer and the youngest is 11. And so we've got all kinds of first-time things with adolescent boys and driving and uh, <laughs> all kinds of good stuff. But uh, it, it is a blessing and thankful for that. Um, we planted in Monticello in August of 2020. So right kind of in the middle of the craziness that's been going yeah. on around here. But I tell you what, uh, when I have more time, hopefully sometime I can explain the many various ways that God proved his faithfulness through that. So just a brief kind of history. I've had diabetes since I was one. And through uh, having it that long, my kidneys started to fail and I needed a transplant, which God provided a living donor, a good friend of mine named Josh Lease. And I was supposed to have the transplant in March of 2020. That got canceled because of COVID stuff. And I ended up having it June 30th. 2020, mm-hmm. which ended up being six weeks from the day we planted the church. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. It is. And so um, the recovery went really well. Uh, the kidney works really well. And this is all part of the story of God's faithfulness to our church. So six weeks after transplant, we plant the church. 
uh, were able to get into another church building that uh, graciously got a hold of us and said, hey, we'd love for you to use the facility. At first, we were planning to be in a school or something, which now looking back would have been, you know, doable, but a lot more headache, a lot more yeah. oversight of things and whatever. Yeah. So we're very thankful to be there. And so uh, Monticello is my hometown. Okay. It's where I grew up. Um, where I was raised and lived and worked and everything else. So I worked about 18 years secular vocation before full-time going into ministry. And what occupation were you in? Uh, mostly a circus juggler. Okay. okay. Yeah, I could that see was, that. <laughs> no. uh, I built log homes for six okay. years. Wow. And then was a custodian at the high school for 13 years. Okay. Um, and so just a lot of manual labor, yeah. and but always involved in the church, always yeah. Uh, had a desire to teach, a desire to lead, uh, that kind of stuff. And the Lord, through his patient uh, kindness towards me, eventually brought us to Northwest Bible Church, which you yeah. guys are also connected with in a way. And uh, they wanted to plant a church. We wanted to plant a church. So, again, this is the flyover version. But really, really neat how God worked everything out so that we could plant in our hometown where I had a lot of connection, a lot of relationships, yep. a lot of context. I mean, I, I know the community and the people there. And so I think looking back at the faithfulness and the providence of God that he absolutely ordained that we do this at this time and, and nothing was going to stop that, including uh, transplant or other hiccups in the plant process or whatever. So the whole church is just a testimony to the goodness of God. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And um it's been great to kind of see this take shape over the last several years. Um, I know most people in our church have probably never been up to Northwest, but Josh and I and others have some connection there. And I remember coming up for their building dedication service, which you had a big part in leading, <laughs> yeah. and uh, your ministry there and, and building the relationships being sent out. I just think that's great. And Northwest yeah. itself is a church plant of a different church in yes. the area. Yep. Um, so I think this churches that plant churches mo motion yeah. is really, really good. It is. And I think it's, I mean, that's really the model of the New Testament. And especially in Paul's writing is these partnerships between yep. churches. So it's not just that, you know, we were planted by a church and then they take their hands off. There's like this ongoing relationship and we want to reach out to other churches in our network, other like-minded churches that are faithfully preaching the gospel and, and grounding themselves on the word of God and do what we can to encourage one another. You know, I think the more, the more that we see, you know, things just getting kind of strange around us, the more we need to press into the word of God and really lead our people in faithfulness to his word. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Monticello? What's the, what's the city like and yeah. um, why does it need a church? Yeah. So Monticello is off of the 94 corridor, so kind of between Maple Grove and St. Cloud, if you think about it. It's about in the middle of those two. It's right on the Mississippi River. Okay. And there's one of the few nuclear power plants right in Monticello. No way. Which is why I look a little green right now <laughs> as, we're, as we're talking. <laughs> um, so the majority of the community would be, uh, we might say, blue-collared. So okay. a lot of manufacturing, agriculture. Yep construction that kind of stuff going on and, and you have a mix of a blue and white collar on right now as I, you do. Speak. So I do you're kind of a man of all people <laughs> all things to all people right on right on uh, anyways so 
the the context uh, Monticello is about twenty thousand people. Okay. Um, it's far enough out of the cities where it doesn't feel like a suburb. Yeah. And I don't think it really is, but it is still connected. Being right on ninety four, I mean, I can be to the cities in a half an hour. Okay. Uh, that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's kind of a unique blend of people who never leave Monticello and don't have to, <laughs> and also people who work outside yeah. Yeah. of that. And so. When I grew up around the area, I grew up in a Christian Missionary Alliance church. Okay. And uh, fine, fine church. But if you're looking for um, more of kind of a, a doctrinal distinctive, something where um, whether that be doctrines of grace or just a, a fidelity to the scriptures, that seemed to be lacking in Monticello. So there's Catholic church, a number of Lutheran churches, that kind of stuff. But as yep. far as an evangelical Bible church that would just preach the gospel, uh, there was a need there. And so we saw the need coupled with the calling that God gave to me and, and then subsequently to the group of people that planted. Um, it was very clear that there needed to be a, a strong witness for the gospel in Monticello. And so far, thank the Lord, um, he's really blessed the efforts there. And we've seen a number of people uh, not only come to know the Lord through the ministry of the church, but also just be encouraged and strengthened yeah. through the preaching of the gospel. That's great. Now you're preaching in particular the, the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, correct? I am, yep. Okay, and where are you at in that series? I just finished chapter 5 okay. this past week, and I'll start chapter 6 on Sunday. That's great. So yeah. it... Resurrection. I recently finished preaching through Ephesians. Okay. So I, I forget how many weeks you spent sure. in, in the letter, but yep. we were really encouraged by that book. I was at least studying it. Yes. Um, so we'll have to talk Ephesians sometime. <laughs> Agreed. And, Isn't that uh, interesting how you, and I think this is the way it should be, that when you study a text to preach it or to teach yep. it, I think the main impact is on you. You know, yep. and, and you see that, and then our job as preachers is to take that uh, conviction, that teaching, that encouragement, and then give that to our people. Yeah, that's absolutely. really really encouraging. Yeah, and and then I'm continuing to study it right now as I'm working on a, a paper to present at an evangelical theological society meeting here in March. Okay. On the structure of Ephesians, so maybe I'll have nice. to send that to you and, and get your feedback on that as someone who's oh, cool. read a lot of literature on Ephesians <laughs> over the last year. Or yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So so what are uh, some things you're excited about related to grace at the moment? Yeah. So one of the things we started doing last fall was uh, Sunday school. Uh, and because we rent the church building that we're in, we don't have unlimited access. So Sunday school is not possible on Sunday morning, but we've been able to do Sunday night. Okay. And so we, we gather, everyone's together, we sing a couple songs, do a catechism, and then everyone breaks up for their classes. And which catechism are you using? We're doing the New City right now. Okay, that's what we're doing too. Okay, so we nice. have a weekly memory thing yep. where we memorize the catechism question and answer and okay. then a memory verse that goes along yeah, with it. Yeah, nice. Um, so it's it's really, that, that's great. Glad we've you really, guys are doing We've it. really loved it. I mean, the app version that yeah. you can get on your phone yep. is really handy because you get the commentary and the scripture yeah. and everything like that. Yep. and. Uh, yeah, it's been really good. So we do that all together okay. and then break up. And so that's, it's just been really encouraging for adults. We're doing a systematic theology class. Okay. Um, kind of on the same reasoning that we did Ephesians because we just wanted to start with this 
foundation, you yeah. know, a, a real basic understanding of the character of God and the nature of the Trinity and yeah. talk about basic, right? You yeah. Trinity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's been really encouraging. Good. Really excited about that. Uh, the other thing is we were recently presented with an opportunity to merge with another local church that has come to the realization that the it's kind of run its course and the Lord has done what he's going to do there. And so we're saddened by the closing of another local church, but also the opportunity for us to care for their people, um, to maybe put us in a better position to be able to purchase a permanent facility yeah. or engage in church planting maybe yep. sooner than we would have uh, is really exciting. Yeah, and so great. along the lines of uh, asking for prayer, we, we would ask for wisdom as we try to navigate stuff that as pastors we're somewhat unfamiliar with, you know, in terms of the legality of things and whatever. Yeah. So just you mean to... that you're not a corporate lawyer? <laughs> not in this life <laughs> or any life. <laughs> But uh, we want to we want to protect our church yep. and, and be faithful shepherds there, and so not not trying to be blinded by the potential for gaining resources, but really to be careful to say how can we steward what God gives us well. Yeah. So absolutely. really exciting on one hand, but also a real need for wisdom and discernment on behalf of our leadership. Yeah. Um, what are some things that are maybe discouraging or challenges? Obviously, this navigating a, a merger, all of the yeah. potential pitfalls there, but yeah. in terms of life as a church, what, what are the things you're burdened about? Yeah, I think one thing is that um, oftentimes I, there, we can go for long periods of time where you just don't hear any feedback. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's not this desire that I need to be constantly affirmed or propped up. But sometimes when you don't hear anything, uh, it can be kind of like, um, am I getting through? You know, are they understanding or is it just... And part of that is yeah. cultural. I mean, yep. people in, in the northern part of Minnesota are pretty reserved uh, and, and pretty quiet about things, which is okay. Um, but just... That's been something that's been challenging for me because I'm more like, if something's on my mind, you say it <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. And uh, so learning how to care for people when sometimes it feels like a shot in the dark. Yep. Like you don't, you're not getting a lot of feedback on your stuff. And so I think an encouragement that I would give to another congregation would just to be, to be you know, open about if something's encouraging to you, tell your pastor or if something's troubling to you, ask your pastor, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. So that's been, I don't know, probably one of the most challenging things is just trying to faithfully minister, and at times it feels like it's a bit of guesswork, yep. which maybe that is just how it is all the time. It just has been lately Yeah, I felt that. Yeah. Now, you are not the only pastor, but you're the only staff pastor, is that correct? Correct. So we have three, four elders total. Um, so I'm the only one on staff, uh, but the other the other three guys are fantastic. They're all older guys um, with a lot of church experience. One's been full time in ministry for 20 years. The other was a missionary in Poland. Okay. Um, the other's been an elder previously. So just a very solid leadership team in that sense. Um, a little bit slow moving, but I'm thankful for that. You know, I think yeah. my my tendency being. Uh, how the age I am is to make a decision and move yeah. on it uh, when when oftentimes they've been a helpful balancing voice to say well, let's just give it a moment let's see what's going on and so yeah really thankful yeah. for that. Now um, 
maybe people would have picked up on this when you were describing your the process leading up to planting, but when you talk about the age that you currently are, yeah. you're not indicating that you're like 22 or something, correct? <laughs> no. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm 39. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I understand that. I mean, you're, you're, I would say from my perspective, a good bit older than I am. Um, <laughs> are you unwilling to say how old you are? Well, I'm, I'm uh, 30 now, so I'm okay. in, at least in, in the same decade range as you now. But, good. Um, <laughs> but I think that's true maybe of us who are earlier on in church ministry, regardless of yeah. our age, we can maybe want to see things happen and yep. think a lot of books about church planting and pastoral ministry treat the church just like a business and a corporation. Yep. And um, I appreciated hearing from you over our lunch. Mm -hmm. That's not that's not your goal to just be a <laughs> business pastor, but to yep. be a, a shepherd. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because pastoral ministry involves aspects of both of those things. Yep. You know, Paul, in his uh, list of qualifications, talks about the ability for someone to care for the household of God. And there's like this aspect of administration, mm -hmm. like caring is shepherding, but it's also making sure that things happen when they need to happen and the right people are doing those things and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's easy probably for us to default to one side or the other. Yeah. Um, so much of the Christian life, at least in my experience, is balance. Yeah. You know, keeping the pendulum from swinging way far to this side or way far to that side. Yeah. So finding the balance between the necessity for some structure, but also not being a boss. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, leading is so much different than being a boss. Yeah. Yep. You know, absolutely. So, um, you've talked a little bit about the things you're excited about and the things that you're facing at, at Grace. When yeah. you look at Twin Cities, more generally at churches here, what are you excited at what you're seeing as you connect yeah. with other pastors? And what are maybe some concerns that you think pastors generally have as sure. they're uh, looking at our situation and, and point in time? Yeah. No, that's a great question. Uh, the thing I'm excited about, uh, I'll give a shameless plug for our network here, but there are a growing number of pillar churches who, I mean, that's not the end-all be-all, but as a network, they've been really supportive and very helpful in a lot of different ways. And so it's encouraging to see that the churches in the networks are actively engaging in partnership with other churches. Yep. So we don't have a bunch of these uh, island churches with no connection to anything else what we are seeing is more of the churches that have interconnectedness, whether that be sharing resources, pulpit time, you know, whatever. Uh, a few weeks ago, the pastor at Northwest where we were planted from lost his voice on Friday oh, and no. called me Saturday morning and said, hey, can you come preach tomorrow because I lost my voice. Yeah. So, you know, those, those kinds of things, those relationships are in place so that if you need a drop of a hat, you know, and it happens. And that's, again, that's just part of the ministry where... Sunday comes whether you're ready for it or not and yeah. to have those kind of partnerships in the network have been really encouraging so I'm glad to see that yep. and I'm glad to see people not only partnering in the network but also just with other like-minded churches like uh, so what I what I don't want to see and what I don't think anybody wants is like this closed off mentality where if you aren't in our tribe you're no good like obviously we have distinctives. Yeah. Uh, there's theological and practical things that we would adhere to, but on the main, I think the desire for the gospel to be preached supersedes the desire for like absolute alignment on on something. So yeah. I'm encouraged to see that kind of partnership. Good. Um, the thing that I think is maybe 
caution or at least cause for pause is the the level of comparison um, it's really easy to look at another church and see what they're doing right and be like well we need to do what they're doing because obviously it's working for them or to look at another church and say well they're not doing it right and to kind of yeah. get this superiority uh, complex because well obviously we're doing it the right way you know so I just think comparison is something to be really careful of uh, while we want to link arms and we want to partner I just I feel like do what God called you to do and be faithful to him in that and let him take care of those other brothers who are maybe doing things a little different yep. than you but God will straighten them out yeah if, if they need it <laughs> yeah and, and this is probably a really complex thing because maybe even the metric by which we judge right and wrong and what a church exactly. is doing is yeah. not really a faithful way of doing it. You exactly. know? So judging things based on pragmatics alone. So they must yep. be doing whatever right because they're getting the results we hope to see. You, bet. you know, that's a bad one. And then yep. maybe other things like doctrinal measurements where we uh, don't find the right hills to die on, you <laughs> yeah. know, where, where maybe we start to evaluate and become so narrow, like you're yep. saying, in our tribe that yep. we can't have good relationships with you other bet. churches. And you also, I think, have to have categories for relationships. Like there's going to be people that you can have dinner with and fellowship with knowing you both love Jesus. It's going to be great. Those might not be the people you'd plan a church with, yeah. and that's okay. Yep. Like you, you need both of those kinds of relationships in the church. Yeah. And so... I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's one thing I'd like to talk about as often as I can at our church is this um, enjoying Christian fellowship wherever you can. Yeah, for um, sure. Because I, I try to tell people at our church, imagine a day where you cannot leave your block to go worship. Yeah. Are you in a place where you can worship with gospel-believing Anglicans and Arminians and yep. everyone else? <laughs> you know, like... Right. Our, we should be able to think that way. Yeah. And as we look at the world, especially today, you know, today I woke up to news of Ukraine being invaded. And yep. I imagine there are churches that can't meet and won't yep. be able to meet for a very long time. You bet. But Christians will live in the same apartment complexes and same neighborhoods who can yep. meet. You bet. Um, and, and we want to be able to enjoy the, the distinctiveness we can have doctrinally yep. in times of you know, a ton of religious freedom, which yes. is what we have. Yes, indeed. But we need to recognize that that's yep. what this is. Yep. And that's a lot of the work of pastoral ministry is preparation. Yeah. Like in a broad sense, we're preparing people for eternity. Yep. But in a more narrow sense, I think we ought to be preparing them for uh, the the unknown. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, it's kind of like the known unknown. You know what I yep. mean? Where you know things are more than likely probably going to get a little worse yeah you know and I, i'm not a i'm not prophesying something i'm not a gloom and doom person by any means well i believe based but, on what i read on your doctrinal statement that you'd be more of the cessationist side of things anyway so yep um, <laughs> nice prophecy wouldn't be coming out anyway i'll let you know if it does okay no i think yeah i get what you're saying and i think yeah. that's true not just in terms of geopolitics but in the Correct. same way like i think doing this systematic theology study is admirable because um, you don't want to try talking to somebody about the problem of evil right after yep. their child died in a tragic accident. Right. These are the things that give you a foundation to stand on exactly. so you can navigate forward. So I think you're right. Yep. Um, I think sometimes I've heard it talked about as preparing people to get to heaven well. Yeah. And yep. I know that can be misconstrued in not understanding that we won't be 
floating on the clouds. So that's not yeah. what it means. Yeah, but sure. I think we want to help people navigate life well as they yeah. face challenges and yep. um, yep. teaching and preaching is a big part of that. Yeah. Yeah, now, for sure. Jacob, what, what would be the benefit of two pastors from opposite sides of the metro sitting down and having lunch together and <laughs> maintaining a relationship outside of even like a pillar network meeting? Yeah. Uh, for me, I think what's really encouraging is that it allows a glimpse into another context where I can see that you at your church with Josh and your elders are being faithful to the gospel and it encourages me that we're not alone in that and like even an hour away or whatever we are um, you never come up to visit so I don't know exactly hey, how I would like to say that I, I've come up at least once I know that's um, more than I've come your way so yeah. I, I regret well, to you say graciously that. had us in your home for dinner one, one evening it's true um, it's true and we wanted to leave with whatever dog you were watching <laughs> Right. Oscar was that his name? I don't uh, remember. Hugh. Hugh. That's it. <laughs> That's so funny. I forgot about that. But anyways, it just it is a good reminder that the word of God is spreading and taking effect outside of your own context. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's like it's kind of the same thing with hearing from uh, missionaries or people who are overseas doing gospel work. It's just an encouragement. So I don't consider Burnsville equal with overseas but it's close you know? yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's over the river and through least. the woods yeah. yeah yeah not so many woods but um uh, yeah well but, jacob it's been great to chat here thanks yeah, for thank filling you. resurrection in on what's going on at grace it helps yes. us as we pray for you in our pastoral prayer thank but you. then also um is you're on our rotating list on our wednesday night prayer list that our, our members will be able to pray more intelligently for Jacob Hatfield, his family, the yeah. elders there, and Grace, Grace Bible Church. Thank you. Thanks for having me and being able to share some airtime here with you. It's really good. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. Well, you can learn more about Grace Bible Church at their website. If you're moving up to that area or living there, you can go to www.gbcmonticello.com And to learn more about Resurrection Church, you can visit us online at resurrectionmn.org or join us for a Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock a.m.